You're listening to another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with Banker Bill. Ryan, you should get off the internet. And your guy, Bully Rye. I think it's a brilliant idea. That's right, everybody. It's another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns, as always. It's your guy, Bully Ryan, alongside me for all the football shows. Wrestling show co-host, uh, Banker Bill. I'm not the wrestling Bill. show host. I'm You're the not the wrestling show host. The foot. Oh, you get you know me all confused after our crossover. You, yeah, you know what? That's, that's what threw me off. We had this We yeah. had this tremendous crossover episode that we recorded last night. It will go on YouTube as long as YouTube will allow it. Um, and it'll go to all the podcast platforms. But it was, um, I think we all agreed last night that it was... One of the most fun episodes that we've ever that we've ever done. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Uh, I'll give it that. Like it was it was pretty fun, but uh, I learned a little bit. I still don't like wrestling, but it, I mean it was it was interesting. It was good. Oh, you still don't like wrestling? It's I mean, I can't you. Do it, man. You got I can't so do it. excited watching was, Kevin no, Green was, body slam. Really entertaining, Kevin but would Ash. I do that versus doing other things? No. We'll we'll get you there. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna introduce uh, introduce you to some more pro wrestling because we've got another episode that we're gonna do a crossover like that uh, with Banker Bill and PJ Stevens somewhere down the road. Uh, real quick, if you're watching with us live, make sure you leave comments in the thread in, in in the chat so we can we can read them live on the air. We love the the fan participation, the audience participation, and we've already got it from co-host PJ Steven. Best episode ever that we it was recorded. It truly so, was. We had a great time. We're going to shift gears uh, because we are we are in week zero of college football. We are just over uh, two weeks away from the start of the NFL season. We've got preseason week three that we're going to get to in the in the second half of this show. Uh, but the first half of the show, we're gonna we're gonna talk some college football, uh, more specifically what it takes to win the Heisman Trophy. Now, background for this segment: uh, Banker Bill and I recorded like two three weeks ago, and we got off the air. And we just started rolling with this conversation about what it would take for my homer cornerback, Spencer Rattler, to win the Heisman Trophy. Right. And Bill, right then and there, started doing some research. And we both were, were immediately, why didn't, we, why didn't we save this for the show? Well, well we had a bit of a litmus, a litmus test, right? We had, we had a, a quarterback that kind of came out of, we'll call it obscurity, where he mm. wasn't expected to do what he did. And he blew the doors off of college football. And tr- I mean, truly blew the doors off of college football and won the Heisman going away. Unanimous, oh, yeah. absolutely unanimous decision. Best best season for a quarterback in the history of college football. And I can say that with confidence now because I did the research and, and found out this, all of the seasons since 1985, what quarterbacks have done. And uh, Joe Burrow was absolutely, and that's that's the litmus test is Joe Burrow. But actually, Ryan, we're going to, I'm going to have to back up on that after our conversation because I've now done the research. We now can say there's a lot more, uh, a lot more, I guess, information out there that we can now say probably with more confidence what somebody would have to do to actually win the Heisman after not having a good season last season. Yeah, listen, uh, in the history of the Heisman Trophy, there have been 85 winners. There's only one two-time winner of the Heisman Trophy. Uh, We talked about it, and when you go and listen to our crossover episode, the first ever Heisman Trophy to to be given back to the university was from Steve Spurrier at the University of Florida. And from then on, the the presenters of the Heisman Trophy gave out two trophies every year, one to the university and one to the actual individual player. So uh, again, some really, really fun stuff here to talk about. Uh, again, if you're watching live, be it the YouTube channel, be it facebook.com slash and touchdowns, uh, let us know what, what you think about the Heisman Trophy. Who should have won it in years that they didn't? Uh, who were your fa- favorite Heisman Trophy winners? Was it Reggie Bush in 04 that, that is no longer with, with Reggie Bush? Uh, give us your thoughts on 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 uh, you know the Heisman Trophy, your your favorite players, or uh, college football in general. We'll le- read your responses live on the air. Um, you're going to see me look to the right, Ryan, as we're doing this because that's where my I have a second monitor. That's that's my list is on that second monitor. So every time I look to the right, that's me checking different statistics and, and players and stuff. So I'm excited well, about this. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. So the the original conversation took place because we we had to think about the fact that. Spencer Rattler, again, as the, as the homer that I am, is 
such an underdog to win the Heisman Trophy. He's coming off of the uh, season. I where, actually know. I found the odds as well. So you want to call him an underdog? Yeah. I can tell you exactly what are, where he is in the odds. What are the odds for Spencer Rattler to win the Heisman so Trophy this I'm season? Not, I'm not a betting man. I don't do that. But So they have the, the number next to it. Maybe you can clarify. So Caleb Williams is your odds-on favorite. I think you can say that. And he's plus 400. So is that, how does that work? Do you know? Basically, I think you... Uh, that, I wish you would come in like that and better explain it. 400, is that kind of how that works? Something like that, yeah. Like you have to, you have to, you bet $400 to win one or something like that. Like that's so it's probably like 40 to one. No, it's probably like four to one. It's probably like a hundred dollars and he went for like that. Something yeah, like yeah. that. So he's, yeah. eh, maybe it's not, I don't know. It doesn't matter, right? So he's plus 400. That's going to be your top odds person. Okay. Your boy Spencer Rattler sitting in 29th. I did yeah. the top 30. I got the top 30. He's 29th at 8,000 plus 8,000. So is that 800 to one, 8,000 to one? I have no idea. Uh, real quick, a, a comment coming in the chat. Aaron, my best friend from Carolina Business with Aaron Thompson chimes in. Uh, he drafted your boy okay. to a tug of Iloa in the fantasy draft that. tonight. I'm good with that. I so, did not get him in my first fantasy draft. I did not. I did hey, get, however, Ryan's boy, Jared Goff. Well, and that's Aaron's Aaron's guy too. Aaron's a, Aaron's okay. a Lions fan. So. I ended up with Jared Goff as my backup. Your dad hops into the chat. Uh, Bill Senior uh, Theisman from Notre Dame should have won the Heisman in 1971. I don't know where go to that go far that back. Far back. Research, yeah. Um, but but yeah. So so the idea was Spencer Rattler coming off. A, a, let's just say we're we're going to call him a quarterback like Spencer Rattler is coming off a season where for the first half of the season, South some South Carolina fans, myself included. We're ready to move on. Like, this is a bad experiment. It's not working. Let's see Luke Doty. Let's see somebody else. And then the Tennessee game comes around. Yeah. And he throws for un, un, ungodly amounts of yards. Six touchdowns. Uh, six touchdowns. Yeah. Torches the University of Tennessee. And then comes back and beats Clemson the following week. Um. So uh, Aaron wants me to remind, at least remind you that I'm a Lions fan uh, because of Aaron. Um, the oh, actual- that's terrible. That's the terrible. Actual, Why did you do that to that man? That's the actual. Listen, the actual story was that I told everybody that if the Carolina Panthers drafted Cam Newton, I couldn't root for him. I had to pick a second team. I remember when I was a kid, my favorite football player ever was. And you picked the Lions. The great, the great Barry Sanders. This was a time when it was Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson at the time. Job at best looked like he was going to be a tremendous running back, but you know concussion issues cut the his Lions. career short. So I said, listen. Who's going to be able to call me a bandwagon jumper if I go and root for the Lions? So I, I, I took on the Lions. Let's get back to college football here. Uh, a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, who had a terrible first half of the season, came back strong. You got to wonder, what does this guy have to do to be involved in the conversation? Step number one, be on a really good football team. But step number two, that's where I'm going to turn it over to, to Banker Bill. Well, because it would be a genuine surprise if a guy like Spencer Rattler came off the season last year to win the Heisman Trophy, a la Joe Burrow at LSU. So Bill's done some research about some surprise winners since 1985, uh, as well as, you know, we've, we've got some some deep deep dive information to go in as far as how Joe Burrow came from relative, you know, irrelevancy to winning the Heisman Trophy and having arguably the best season of a quarterback in, in college football history. So Bill, I'll take it away, man. Things. I'm going to respond to two things very quickly. I just want to point out that John F. Kennedy has only missed one Detroit Lions playoff win. That's good for him, right? Um, just just pointing that out. And uh, Pat's, I think it's Pat And removed from the threat. <laughs> removed from stream. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Sullivan won the Heisman in 1971. So I don't know who that is. I, we've That's never cool. heard of him. And Joe Theismann, we have heard of. So unfortunately oh uh, here we go <laughs> it's the dark gary there's no power here in south carolina it's it's nighttime it's hot outside we're conserving energy right. and, and making sure our houses stay cool that's right Listen, so i've I got a light to, i don't know what I you're talking see, about I could, I could turn it on yeah. i mean it could get yeah we, we actually like this looks like sand i should play sandstorm play sandstorm right we're in the <laughs> yeah. right we'll get into that later in the show too oh, but good uh stuff. No, okay, so I went back to 1985, right? So the first person I ran into, and I ran into the different players that obviously had really good you know, Heisman seasons, and then there are some that did not. Um, there are some players that, when you look at their statistics, probably should not have won the Heisman, which is kind of scary, but they were on good teams. Those examples would be Vinny Testaverde, never really that good of a college quarterback. Uh, Tim Brown, 
Gino Toretta, what a disaster he was as a, as a pro quarterback. And he was not even good as a college quarterback, but won the Heisman because he was on a good team in 1982. Uh, but the first player that came to right away, 1985, Bo Jackson. He had a fantastic senior season, 11 games, 278 carries, 1,786 yards, 17 touchdowns. But his prior season, 12 games, he got injured. But he only had 87 carries in those 12 games. Yeah, that's hard to something. Believe. Yeah, like they just didn't play him. I'm not sure who he was playing with because 87 carries, 475 yards, five TDs. And the season before that, he had 11 games, 158 carries, 1,200 yards, and 158 carries. So, so I don't know what to. You would have to believe, based on those stats, that nobody was expecting him to come out and win the Heisman that year. Correct. Uh, correct. Barry Sanders is another one. Barry Sanders played behind Thurman Thomas. You're wearing the jersey. Good. That's perfect, yeah. actually. Yeah, let's um, go. Let's go. So Barry Sanders, his stats are disgusting. If you want to measure a, I guess, a season, does he hold the record? He must hold the record for the most yards, uh, ru- uh, most rushing yards in a season in college football. He must. But I don't think I found one that was any higher. I I can I can look while you're talking because I, I 344 carries 2628 yards and 37 touchdowns on the ground is yeah his I don't, I don't last think year at that. Oklahoma State absolutely disgusting previous season he played 11 games they're both 11 game seasons that's what they played back then 105 carries 603 yards nine touchdowns now that is a lot to ask he is probably the Joe Burrow of the running back I guess the running back position because that is a 344 carries is a lot by itself, but then also to get to 2,600 yards, just insane. That's so let's let's thing. let's fill in. We keep talking about Joe Burrow. We haven't really gotten to the story. Let's yeah. talk about Joe Burrow. When we talk about coming from relatively unknown to this winning is the true, Heisman too. Trophy, like this is true unknown. Like he was a decent recruit uh, to Ohio State. He didn't get to play there. I forget who he was playing behind or who he was playing behind. It just feels that I'm taking it. Later, was it Troy? Troy? It's the whole Smith. group, it wasn't like far uh, away. Haskins. I think Haskins was one of them. Uh, there was a whole group of players that he was playing about. Like, uh, what was the one that was not very? They're all not very good. They ended up not being good in the pros. But he ended not, up transferring yeah, out of there to go to LSU. He did it, I think, in his sophomore season. Sat down for the sophomore season. Played in his junior season, and was not that good. And I have his stats: thirteen games. He only completed fifty-seven point eight percent of his passes. 2,894 yards, 16 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Now, I remember watching him play and thought, LSU has a good quarterback. This kid just hasn't figured it out yet. He looked like he could throw. He was athletic, and he could move. But he absolutely went nuts, and nobody expected this. He went from 57.8 completion percentage to 76.3 in his senior season. He went from 2,894 yards to 5,671 yards. 60 touchdowns, six interceptions. Absolutely. 60? Say that again. 60? touchdowns yep. and six interceptions yep. for Joe Burrow the year that he was the highest. That's unheard of. Now, Bryce Young put together big stats two years ago. Now, Bryce Young stayed stayed for his senior season, did not win the Heisman last year. Um, but his junior season, he almost had 67% completion percentage. He had 4,872. Now, that's still 800 yards less than Joe Burrow in, Aaron, the, same, I think- in the same amount of games. I think Aaron's right. He was a junior, I, and I'm was he a I think junior that year. Okay, yeah, he was. He was. A, he was a sophomore when he won it, and it or a, yeah, sophomore the year that he won it, and then he, yeah. he still left as a junior. I didn't. Just, I didn't keep. I didn't. I should have done that. I should have written. It down seems like it, was they it seems like he was. He was around for a lot longer than he was. If, if we're going to be honest, he was really around. Yeah, um, but so the, the idea is that Joe Burrow. We we again we saw. But we that's saw not the fair. Talent I don't find that fair. Like you can't expect anybody to do what Joe Burrow did. There's that, no, no and way that's, Spencer Rattler. I mean, he also had like the triumvirate of receivers that he had. Terrence Marshall Jr. being the, the the third worst. But we saw his other receiver that didn't even get on the field played in the XFL this year and was pretty freaking good. I forget his name now. Played for yeah. Uh, Vegas. Yeah, he got yeah. hurt. Uh, no, Texas or uh, Houston. He played Houston, for Houston. The, the, yeah. When he got hurt, their their offense came to a screeching halt. He couldn't get on the field because he had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson there, and obviously that's going to help somebody like Joe Burrow, but not to, to the tune of like 800 yards more than Bryce Young, who had Devontae Smith. And I mean, it, yeah, um, I mean it's just it's crazy. So if you want to go to a, a similar comparison, I think you'd have to go all the way back to like Sam Bradford. Okay, so Sam Bradford in his I want to say whatever his year prior to winning the Heisman. That's what we'll call it. Cause I have no yeah. idea where they were as a classman, 14 games, 
uh, completion percentage, 3,121 yards, 36 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Now, he was pretty good at throwing touchdowns. That's not bad. Not a ton of yards. Then then the next season, he won the Heisman in the same amount of games. Fewer, uh, lower completion percentage, 67.9, but he threw for 4,720 yards. Ooh. 50 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Yep. That's that, a big that spike. Heisman and won in the Heisman and got him the, the number one overall draft pick. Uh, yes. You go back as far to Jason White. Jason White for Oklahoma barely played. He played oh, two years more. He played more two years before. Then this is 2003, two years before he won the Heisman. He had seven games where he had 681 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions. The year before he won the Heisman, he only threw, only played in three games. He had 181 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. That's pretty bad. Three games. And then his season that he won the Heisman, he ended up with 61.6%. Completion percentage, 3,846 yards, 40 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. Now, you can see through the statistics. Now, you'll say, oh, that's not a whole lot of yards, right? A few years before that, Chris Winkie threw for 41, 67, 33, and 11. So there were there was passing game happening even when, when White. So I think it's going to come down to you. You've got a lot of really good players right now. Caleb Williams is still in college, in college football. So if you want somebody like Spencer Rattler to win the Heisman, he literally has to blow the doors off there. He has to make sure that his statistics are better in the SEC than Caleb Williams playing in the last year of the Pac-12. I'd be interested to see how many of those guys who won the Heisman since 1985 played on teams that didn't compete for a, a national championship. Or at I've least got didn't. one for you. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah. 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 Andre Ware, 1989. You know, remember where he played? Oh, that's a good Andre Ware. You got didn't he what? get drafted to your Lions? I think he did. It wasn't. I, yeah, he? I just I was two years old in 1989. Okay, doesn't matter. I, you should <laughs> still know the history. You should know how terrible your team has always been. I swear to God, I'm telling you. <laughs> you wanted to talk, man. You had one hey, of the greatest quarterbacks hey. in the NFL history. You never won a Super Went Bowl. Went to a Super Bowl, didn't win a Super Bowl. But we also had the only undefeated season until you got another one in Madden about a week ago. But to Andre right. Ware, 1989. You ready? Played yeah. in Houston, didn't compete for the national championship. The year before he won his Heisman, he played 11 games, 59.6 completion percentage. He threw for 2,507 yards, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Ready for this? This is in 1989, remember. This is what this guy did in college. He had 11 games that he played. 63.1 completion percentage. He threw for 4,699 yards. Wow. In 11 games. 46 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Guy was an absolute gunslinger. He was a high draft pick of the draft because of it and won the Heisman in 1989. That's a passing game. That's a lot. And he didn't he did not do it the year before and did not compete for a national championship. Didn't have a good if, team. If you're watching the if you're watching this live with us, make sure you go into this. First of all, thank you for joining us. Make sure you go into the into the, the comments wherever it is you're watching and uh, tell us who, who you like to win the Heisman this year and who you not who you who you would like to win the Heisman as far as who you think is going to win and who you would like to win the Heisman and maybe what they're gonna have to do to get there. Uh, and Bill, I have you the top thirty odds too. If you're looking at a player and you want to know what the odds are, let's go. Let's go top five and let's let's just let's break them down as as far as the Heisman hopefuls in 2023. Let's start I've with got, number five. And I've got their last year's statistics for all thirty. Yeah, let's let's do it. So so let's let's start with. I number did a lot five. of research this week, right? Listen, no, let's listen. That you, I'm glad that you came prepared. That's why I said this when I off right. the air. I told you this is your baby. This is this is did what you're going to do. The, the bottom line from the conversation that we've had so far is that in order to win the Heisman, to come hey, from rel relative... Your sister's in the chat. Sorry, I'm saying that. Oh, sweet. Hey. Hey, hey. There she is. At least she's um, calling us gentlemen. Yeah, I also, real quick, I have to give another shout-out to Aaron. He said I should know that Barry Sanders leads the NCAA in Russia. I Park. agree, Aaron. I, th I thought that was the case. Then he probably didn't remember who, was, who he played with in college or anything like I've that. Re Both I've, recorded, I've recorded four shows this week. I've had three, three or four conference calls. I, I'm a little brain fried, so forgive me for not knowing that off the top of my head. But the idea is that most people who are who are favorites to win the Heisman either won it last year or came close to winning it last year. It's very difficult to come from being relatively unknown and winning the Heisman. But based on what Bill laid out for everybody, it's happened. It's possible. Now, going into 2023... Uh, give us the fifth best odds uh, for, for the player to win the Heisman. All right. Fifth best. This is crazy to me because I hate this team. Uh, Jordan Travis, quarterback, Florida State. Hold on. Michelle Russell's in the in the chat. Hey, hey, Michelle, appreciate you joining us tonight as well. Give us that name again. 
Jordan Travis, and hey, Michelle, Jordan Travis, quarterback from Florida State, 1,200 to what? Plus 1,200. I don't know what that means. Somebody, somebody needs to tell me what Aaron, that means. Aaron, if you're, still in the, if you're still in here, explain what plus 1,200 is so we don't have to Google it because yeah. it would be very helpful. So Jordan Travis, the quarterback right, What does Michelle State, mean from the East Coast? She has to explain that in the, in the chat. Oh, uh, she is, I believe she is visiting family uh, up, oh, in, cool. up, up, up in Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, so she's she's watching East Coast time with us tonight. Um, I don't understand how Florida State going, it's all based on $100. $100. Okay, so we, let's, let's call that, so it's 4 to 1 for Caleb Williams would be your top guy. So this guy, Jordan Travis, is 12 to 1 odds. I don't... What did Florida State do last year to begin? Right, I'll give, I can give you his statistics. If let's you want the statistics, let's let's make it. Here we out. go. Here you go. All Hold right, on. I Hold on. Aaron, Aaron says if it's plus twelve hundred, that means if you win twelve hundred, right. okay. if you bet hundred. So That's what I one. thought. That's yeah, what I there thought. You go. Originally, I thought it was ten. That seems like too much because that would be Vegas giving away a lot of money if people bet on that guy. Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, Jordan Travis, sixty-four completion percentage, sixty-four exactly, uh, thirty-two hundred and fourteen yards, twenty-four touchdowns, five interceptions last season. He's your number five for the Heisman hopeful. It's so easy to put up those kind of numbers when you play in such a crap conference. And I'm, I'm Can I give no you number six. Can I give you number six? Because this is really going to upset you. I just want to give you number six just because of who it is. You're not going to know who it is. is I'm going to give you the oh, name. Oh, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not Caleb Klubnik? No. He's number I – didn't, I didn't number him, which is pretty stupid, I think, at this point. That's um, all good. Yeah, six, seven. He's number eight. Who's the number eight odds-on favorite Cade to win Klubnick. the Cade Klubnik is number oh, Okay. So uh, who's Quinn number Ewers six? Is number seven. I want to give you number six because number six, he's only in the running because of who he plays for. Is it the quarterback for Al- quarterback for Georgia? Correct. What's his Shut name? up. That's correct. I don't even know his name. I know he backed exactly. up. His the name dude. is Brock Vandegrift. He looks like he's 16 years old. He's never completed a pass in college football, and he's only attempted three. He is and he's 16 the to six- one. 16 to one. I'm gonna tell you right now. This is this is my this might be the hottest take that I've made, and I've said some stuff about Hayden Hurst on this show that is questionable. Yeah, really. Now after we've seen what Bryce Young looks like in preseason, I could either look really smart after saying this, or I'll look really dumb at the end of the season because a lot of people are predicting Georgia to go back to the playoff, run the table, yada yada yada. Georgia will lose at least two games this year. You know the reason why they'll lose at least two games this year, Mike Bobo. That guy had Matthew Stafford, no Sean Moreno, AJ Green, all the guys on offense that that made had very successful NFL careers, and now he inherits another just golden cupboard, and he's going to fall flat on his face yet again. Uh, uh, thir- wait, thirteenth? Yeah, see, I, that that would be different. So this came straight off of FanDuel. So, so Aaron Aaron comes back in the chat. Beck is going to be the starter for Georgia. Yeah, not not listed. So. Apparently. They 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 announced a couple days ago. I know this guy looks like he's 16. Like and and I I don't say this to be ugly. He just he looks young. He doesn't look like the quarterback for the number one team in the country. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's astounding to me. I say it's astounding. It does it doesn't surprise me considering where Georgia is ranked and where they have been the last the two time defending national champions. But their entire defense is now in Philadelphia. Uh, their their starting quarterback is now over in the Los Angeles Rams as the backup to another former Georgia quarterback that I just mentioned in Matthew Stafford. So, um, yeah, I'm telling you right now, he's not going to win the Heisman, and Georgia's not going to run the table. Georgia might not win the SEC East this year. Like, that's how confident I am that Georgia's going to oh. fall on their face. Okay. Alabama's, Alabama's another one that's got a really odd quarterback situation because their star quarterback, who took all of their snaps last year, for whatever reason, is now gone. They have yep. a guy, Ty Simpson, I believe, is what is the what they're listing. He's number thirteen in Alabama, twenty-five to one. That's he that's has uh, thirty-five yards passing. That's a little less surprising than. Um, so Sam Hartman, are, Notre Dame. Oh yeah, that's a good one. So Beck got Mister Football for Florida High School. I don't think he's going to be the starter this year um, in Georgia. But but Sam Hartman, where where does he fall on the list? Sam Hartman is sitting at number 15, 30 to 1. I like Remember, him more than I like Forest you. Last year. Yeah. And he had, he had 3,700 yards, 38 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I think with him playing for Notre Dame, I think they knock off Clemson this year. That's, again, um, 
I don't know. I don't know what he's asking if I want to bet. Uh, plus twelve hundred. Oh, probably that Beck's going to be the starter. Nevertheless, all right. Uh, yeah. Let's get back to it. I don't want to get off too much off track here. Who's number four on the list for Heisman? Number Heisman four. Favorites? All right. Bo Nix, quarterback of Oregon. You got to be kidding me. No. Remember this him dude, in Auburn? Oh, he's gar. He was garbage in Oregon. Actually, not about, too bad. Oh, it's about a, the stat line reads yeah. a whole lot better. So 71.9% completion percentage, 3,592 yards, 29 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Really didn't look all that bad. Is that Mario? Well, is that Mario Cristobal that's still up there? Is that who's up there? You know, you know what the issue is. I think, matter of fact, it is Carson Beck that's going to be the starter. So I don't know who it is that they've that they've got that list. Vandegrift um, was listed on FanDuel's the uh, the odds for each starter. Well, that's that's whoever made that list. Yeah, whoever made that list has got to update it because Carson Beck, uh, Aaron's right. He is As a going freshman to be the starter. Yeah, they've they've got him. I'm telling you right now. Uh, wow. On on twenty four seven sports, that might be why they don't have him on the list because nobody believes a freshman's going to finish the season in the SEC. That's Carson like you Beck thinking that is a dog that Hayden Hurst can have ninety receptions. Nevertheless, um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, yeah, listen, Bo Nix. Here's the here's the knock on Bo Nix. First of all, he looked terrible at Auburn, but in he looked terrible. Game, he was terrible at Auburn. He was terrible at Auburn, and yeah. then last year Didn't in game number. Games. I forgot who Oregon played, but they got blown out in the first game of the season last year, and Bo Nix looked terrible. It was because they played a good team. It might have been Alabama or Texas or something. It, it was Georgia. Then they went, they, they lost like 17 to 3. Well, Bo Nix, that's right, because everybody's like, oh, look, Bo Nix is going to come from Oregon and, and beat beat Georgia, and he didn't yeah, do that. Man. But he looked terrible. And then when he got to play the rest of the crappy Pac 12, he was able to put up some decent stats. Um, I digress. Wait. The crappy Pac-12 has the number three guy as well, as crappy as they are, Ryan. Well, Aaron Aaron wants to make sure we know that he's doing all this without Google. So who's number three? Is it, It's not Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams has got to be the odds-on favorite. No, actually, believe it or not, the crappy Pac-12 takes up three of the top five spots. Who's number you, three? You said it. I didn't say it. Yeah, who's number three? Number three, Michael Penix Jr., quarterback, University of Washington. 65.3 completion percentage, 4,641 yards, 31 touchdowns, and eight interceptions last season. He's doesn't, That's all, just, that was almost good enough to win the Heisman last season. That's because he doesn't play anybody. I mean, the fact, the fact, here's the, here's the deal. Washington made they the playoff. They gave the Heisman to somebody in the Pac-12 last season. Which doesn't, uh, yeah. They were also, they were also competing for a playoff spot. Washington actually made the playoff. So I understand that concept. Um, explain to me okay so we, we've been talking for a couple weeks about uh, obviously we talked about conference realignment and that the ACC is in trouble yes the Pac-12 clearly in trouble yes the Pac-12 is dead all of the odds makers all of the odds makers have either an ACC team or a or I'm sorry an ACC player or a Pac-12 player in the top five are the odds makers on this list, which has Vandegrift at six they're all I'm assuming they're all offensive players because it's really hard they're to all offensive players play. It's because it's because of the competition. Say second is Drake May, quarterback North Carolina. Ah, uh, that's great because he's gonna he's gonna get knocked out the Heisman race in the in week one. His so stats that's, that's last awesome. year, he had four thousand three hundred and twenty one yards passing. Four three two one. Well done, Drake. I want to um, I want to see and, and they and they still couldn't win their division in the ACC. Thirty eight touchdowns, seven interceptions. Caleb Williams won it with forty five hundred and thirty seven yards passing, forty two touchdowns, and five interceptions. Now of course there's run, they do run all of these guys run especially Caleb Williams he likes to run so there's I didn't include those statistics but just for the most part all of these guys have some rushing statistics it's not they're, they're passing statistics at least the top three are very comparable. Well, again, it's these guys have 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 more of a leg up because of what they did last year, but it's not unheard of for somebody to come out of out of the blue and win the Heisman. Now before we take our first break, Aaron wants to know if we can talk about how the Big Ten. Better get rid of the divisions, especially if Clemson and Florida State go there. Um, we've we've talked at, at nauseum on this show about how uh, the the Big Ten is too big for the britches. They have expanded and almost single handedly killed the Pac twelve. I don't know how you do divisions outside of having the old Pac twelve as a division in and of itself. Um, what do you what do you see happening, especially if they add Florida State and Clemson? Do they? Do they get rid of the divisions? Do they go to a pod form? Like, what is what is the future of the Big Ten hold if they were able to snag Clemson and Florida State? It's a disaster. I don't. 
I don't want to watch that. I don't want to see what these poor kids have to go through if you're an East Coast team and have to play on the West Coast. I just that's how do you how do, do you, that? How do you feel about like because a lot of basketball conferences, I mean, most most conferences in, in college basketball, you have a regular season conference champion, right? It's there's no divisions. It's you, yeah. you play and, and top of that division wins the, wins the regular season. Are we headed that direction somewhere like the Big Ten or the SEC with with you know, never-ending expansion? One of the best arguments that I've heard about this is we're all we talk about is football. Of course we do. It's a football podcast, and that's what we're concerned about. But what about the water polo team? What about the you know the the, the lacrosse team that doesn't they're, get to? They're funded by the planes. They're funded by the they're football team. Getting more money out of going by going These poor kids have to fly coach on United everywhere. Oh, I don't, I don't wish that on anybody. Right? <laughs> I I mean, this is a I disaster mean. for everybody that's not on a football team. It's a terrible, terrible idea. And Would you? No, go ahead. Sorry. I just think it's horrible. I think it's horrible they're going to do this to all these college kids. It is horrible. The, the idea to go to college is to get an education. They have destroyed what the, you know, like the ability for these. These kids are going to be traveling so many more hours for the guys, the kids at Rutgers to play you know, USC and, and, and UCLA, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. These old men that are so greedy and it, it, they've destroyed lives. I, it's, it's bad. I, I don't know. Maybe not lives. That's a little bit, it's a little hard. Yeah, but I, I think it's going to make it very difficult for a lot of these kids, the baseball teams, these baseball teams are huge. They're not getting chartered airplanes. They're, yep. they're, they do that for the football team. They don't do that for the baseball. Team. Yeah, they're going to yeah, have yep. to travel out West for eight hours to 10 hours on a flight or, you know, with layover and it's it's going to be horrible aaron aaron agrees uh conferences yeah. need to be based off geological ge, uh, geological i'm sure you meant geographical area uh geological we're talking rocks Same. here um the guys in the, in the high parts need to not play the guys in the low parts well uh as as we've been talking college football a good bit tonight um yeah. are, we are nfl jerseys on we are we are in week zero we get uh notre dame and Navy and Sam playing, Hartman, playing Sam Hartman in, led Notre Dame, playing in Dublin, Ireland Saturday. So uh, probably going to be a fun game to watch. And then next week, you know what we do with that, Ryan? If we had a time, it's, or we could it's, just watch TV all day Saturday. I believe it's seven thirty. It's a seven thirty kickoff. Is it? Is that? Is that right? Is that AM? It's seven thirty. Come on, man. Seven thirty PM. Well, that, that can't be a 7.30 p.m. In, in Ireland. Ireland's like five hours ahead, so 7.30 p.m. If it was a 7.30 kickoff in Ireland, it'd be about 2.30 our time. You're going to make me do this, Bill. You're going you to... Tara, NFL, please. Yeah, oh, we're Tara, okay with that. Tara's okay done with, with the college football talk. As we still I pull have up, two weeks for that. As I pull up, Notre Dame Navy plays in Dublin, Ireland, 2.30 in the afternoon, Saturday, August 26th. Uh, the, the rest of the slate, UTEP at Jacksonville State, Ohio, San Diego State, UMass, New, Me New Mexico State, Hawaii at Vanderbilt. That's the 7.30 kickoff game Saturday night. San Jose State at number six, uh, Southern Cal at 8 p.m. And then Florida International, Louisiana Tech. That is your is, week zero. Is Hawaii at Vanderbilt going to be televised? Yeah, it'll be on TV. The construction zone is going to be televised? Well, listen, it's – oh, yeah, that's that's true. It will be and televised. Finish that stinky it won't. It won't be finished till after the end of the season. Uh, let's take. Let's take a break and get into the NFL, shall we? And, and our first sponsor here. He's been all over the chat tonight, and that's Carolina Business Equipment with offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence. Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my best friend Aaron Thompson at 843-452-8761 for a quote today, and make sure you tell him that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment. You worry about your business. Let us handle your technology. I hope I made Aaron proud with that read. That was a pretty good one. I give it a seven and a half. Um, Aaron you didn't stick to know, the landing like normal. Uh, it's okay. Aaron wants to know uh, Lions win the Super Bowl over the over Miami. Um, uh, Austin Austin's in the chat now too. That's Aaron's cousin. It says Vandy has a max capacity of about twenty thousand this year because of their uh, because of their renovations. Whoops. Um, uh, we got. We if got anybody some, at that stadium that has an education, I mean, that was ridiculous. What a terrible idea! We've Didn't got get that some, one done in the off season. Yeah, I listen. Uh, there's other. I mean, I remember Citadel a few years ago tore down the entire half of their stadium to rebuild uh, midseason. Uh, we got some other. Um, we got some other other comments in here. We're going to run through real quick. 
uh, Tara saying go Dolphins. That Travis Williams yeah. in the chat. Look at Travis. Hey, oh, Travis. What's up, Travis? Yo, Chanticleer is talking, uh, talking. That's Coastal Carolina. Still uh, have what's his name at quarterback, too. Yep. Aaron Love has been lead. there for like seven or eight years, I think. Yep. And then, and Aaron thinks they need to put Vandy in the SOCON, at least for this year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen. No, I need him to stay in the SEC for next season because that's one of the teams that we get on the, the non schedule season that you can um, beat is what you wanted to say. Of course, that's what I, okay. what I meant to say. I, oh, I'll never, I think, hey, I think you should put a hundy down on uh on your boy rattler i say why not i let to finish off that that whole like everything we went over i think you should because come on man he's eight thousand well plus eight thousand and yeah. he had decent stats last year he had one of those years that if he had it could be explosive maybe i'll do it aaron thinks that citadel could wax vanderbilt under under maurice drayton and uh travis mentions the name Jason Grayson McCall, McCall. yeah yeah, he's been yeah. there at least, I think, since I graduated high school, he's been at, at Coastal Carolina. Well, let's move on to the NFL, shall we? We want to make, make Miss Tara happy. And uh, and listen, there's one last week of preseason football. We are in preseason week three. Aaron Rodgers is said to be playing in this, this week for the New York Jets, his first preseason game in years. Uh, I think, I'm not sure if it, it needs to that? be mentioned. Because we're at the season now. We're going to have to start. Oh, we're not allowed to call him that anymore? Okay. It's listen. He's he's on a team now. He's 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 practicing. He's playing. We can go back. Name to, his, to be not said. Name. I thought it was wasn't. It? Yeah. Eventually, you know, it it, it, it was until it wasn't. Um. Okay. So, uh, it, I guess maybe it should be mentioned that that Baltimore finally had their, um, their preseason winning streak snapped after what six seven years they lost to Washington. Yeah. So, so eight, eight years. Lost, I think to Atlanta. And they lost to Washington on Monday night with a last-second field goal. Um, Austin wants to know. I'm not going to put the chat up here. Uh, where this is a family show, Austin. I'm kidding. Um, the the BS fine for a perfectly legal tackle. Um, talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm assuming. Um, uh, you might have to give me. A, I remember what you're talking about, but I, I can't put it in. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, uh, preseason week three. I got into a really heated discussion this week on my other on my Panther show, The Cat Cave, about the necessity for players to play in week three, especially players who are trying to get some, some, some momentum under their belt, get some experience, some new guys, uh, on new teams, new faces, new places, draft picks, bill. Uh, let's go through the division division by division here. Um, we could just do conference by conference. If you want to do that instead, who needs to show the most this week in preseason, like of, of all that we've seen in the preseason, again, it's it's been very well documented by players, fans, you know, all the all the same that the preseason doesn't really matter. I've I've gone on record to say that the 0 16 Detroit Lions were four and zero in the preseason that that year. But my argument yeah. with my argument with Michael Davis this week on the Cat Cave was that someone like the Carolina Panthers, uh, who have not been able to put offense together in the preseason. Oh, I like all. this argument, by the way. I I, I it's going to be bad because I agreed with you. Well, I'm glad you did. So I, I can bring it to everyone else listening. Um, whether whether it was it was Bryce Young or Matt Corral, the Carolina Panthers have not moved the ball in offense this preseason. Yeah, uh, they have they have gotten pressured. I believe Matt Corral got sacked four times. Bryce Young got sacked in their first game. Matt, Matt Corral took another sack last week. They have not been able to get momentum going on on offense. So my argument in the cat cave was that the Carolina Panthers starters need to play at least a half of football. And if they can't find the end zone, if they can't get on the opposing side of the 50-yard line, they need to play until they do. Because right now, I don't, I don't care who you are. And, and, and the argument, the argument and, and we'll get to it in a second, yep. is, is you know, well, what if he gets hurt in preseason? Okay. Would you rather see your starting quarterback, your future franchise quarterback, get hurt in the final week of the preseason by a bunch of backups? Or would you rather see him get hurt in the first quarter of week one by a bunch of starters? It's going to happen regardless. We got a couple people in the chat already saying Tara saying the preseason means nothing. It, it really um, doesn't. It really doesn't. We, it's not that we don't agree. Austin's got me cracking up in the chat. I'll put it up here for a second. I'm not going to read it. If you're watching the video or, or, or watching the live chat, um, you get to see it. But he is he's just uh, he's coming in to troll the show here. Um at the end of the at the at the end of the day, there are players on teams. I'm ta- I'm looking at C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, who's not supposed to be playing this week, Bryce Young. I'm looking at guys like Derek Carr in New Orleans, 
Jimmy Garoppolo in Vegas. Um, Sam Bradford was named the starting. So it was the Sam Bradford. Uh, what? We, we talked about coming out of retirement. Was like yeah, a 47 years old? Like, why? Why? I always get the names Baker Mayfield and Sam and, and Sam Bradford. Close. They, they remind me. I mean, the they're so they, close. They, to the same they guy. both. They both played quarterback at Oklahoma. They both won Heisman's at Oklahoma, and they both were bitter Let's disappointments stay. in the NFL. Okay. So, right. uh, so you've got Baker Mayfield named the starter in Tampa Bay. You've got to let these guys get some experience in the preseason or they're going to go into week one and they're going to look at like absolute dog crap. Bill, you said you agree. I do. I, I really, uh, you know, you guys were talking about the Carolina Panthers on the cat. The cat game. Game. Yep. Well, I, I was going to say it. Calm down. Sorry. sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you guys were talking about the Carolina Panthers and it, I mean, I think that's the reality is you're right. They don't have any offensive continuity right now with that team. And how do you get it? You don't, obviously they're not getting it in practice. So it, yes, you need to get on the field make it happen. Make some plays. If you get injured, yeah, that's bad. But I mean, you, for them, every game means something right now. It, it's not that the score means anything, but they stink. So they need to figure out how to not stink. And if they think they have potential on the field, which they think they do with Bryce, with Bryce Young, then they need to let him play to maximize that potential. He needs to be out there as often as possible. Losing games doesn't help that guy right now. So he just needs to be out there and play. Just make it happen. Like, you got to figure it out. Aaron wants to know who we, who we think the biggest bust rookie starter is. Um, the big three names that we've talked about, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and uh, Anthony Richardson. He thinks that it's going to be C.J. Stroud. I agree. Um, let's see. We got some more chats coming. It's coming in, in strong. In the, Austin. in the preseason, in the preseason, I think CJ Stroud out of the three of them. I haven't watched a lot of Anthony Richard, Anthony Richardson, and I probably will when the season starts. But I think his legs are going to help him a lot, and the fact that he is just a massive dude. Yeah. So he will Justin Fields himself into at least decent statistics where people will feel like, well, they made a, a good choice. He'll never figure out how to throw the ball. Lamar Jackson still can't throw the ball, and he's a better passer in college than Anthony Richardson hoped to be. So. That's not going to happen. But CJ Stroud, I was actually really excited about him coming in, but he's looked terrible. Yeah, yeah I think awful. he's going to be the worst. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I Travis thinks that the Panthers are going to stink regardless. I believe they even are. Them the they are. They're going to be worse than I thought. They are. They are. Think, Their offensive line is horrific. It's really, yeah. really bad. The offensive line. The offensive line is is has got something to show. So I think we can agree that the 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 new faces and new places need to come and play the preseason this in this week just to show that they can they can do some stuff on the field against real live competition Deshaun so that they Watson have some momentum in there too. Yeah, I, I agree. Yes. Deshaun Watson we, needs to get on the field and play a half of the Browns. That's the guy I, I would definitely want to see on the field more often because that guy was on his way to becoming an elite passer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just quarterback there when he was in Houston the one year they were what they go four and twelve and he had insane stats and then everybody went nuts over the guy when he ended up getting suspended from the NFL but uh, he got a huge contract in Cleveland Cleveland did brown things and they, he needs to prove it it needs to happen and then I think put him on the field this week and, and continue to play him until he figures that out. Listen, I'm with you, man. Uh, Deshaun Watson he was successful the year that they went four and twelve. Watson didn't play. Okay, Watson. That was the year that Trav. massage massage parlors got in the way of yeah. Deshaun Watson. Did you ever? I mean, that's that towel trick, right? We talked about the towel trick. We need to figure that out. Make it happen. Yeah, I don't know about that. Nevertheless, um, to put a towel over the ball apparently because it's not working out for him. That was his best move, and, and we need to bring it to the football field. Well, we've talked about all the guys and all the players that really need to get on the field to, to show that they can do something. We've we've already seen some injuries. Um, and I can't think of his first name, Smith, uh, Smith and Jigba from Seattle. Jackson, Jackson, Smith and Jigba That's from, from Seattle. The, the, the rookie wide receiver broke his hand. Uh, he's going to, they're, 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 they're thinking that he's going to be ready for the regular season, but it's still going to be a setback there. We've seen some other players go down. We think guys like Tim Patrick, um, who was the wide receiver. Uh, there was another wide receiver a, a few weeks. Oh, well. Jamison Williams is a prime example of a guy who can't stay healthy. Now he's going to be suspended for six weeks anyway. But there was another guy that was carted off the field. We've seen some injuries in the preseason, right? Having said all the players that need to play, because it's been it's been in the chat. Uh, a couple people say the preseason means nothing. Austin came in and said that he's a big time player. There's no chance he's playing in the preseason game. So obviously that means Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers isn't big time, and I agree. Okay, um, who has the least to gain? By playing in the preseason this week, entrenched starting quarterbacks. 
There's no reason for them to play this week, especially if you're a good entrenched starting quarterback. There's no if you if you can put up numbers. Patrick Mahomes has no business hitting the field this week in preseason. I'm gonna throw Joe Burrow is injured, but would have no business. Justin Herbert has no business hitting the field. Tua Tagovailoa has no business hitting the field this week in preseason. There's just no reason to do it. Don't make him get out there. Just keep him healthy. These are the guys that are going to win games. Bryce Young is not going to win week one. It's not going. It's not happening. It's not happening. He's probably not going to complete fifty percent of his passes. They're playing Desmond Ritter and the Falcons. Yes, they're going to beat the Falcons week one. All right. Okay. Okay. That's going to be a good toilet bowl. But it's because both teams are bad. It's not because they deserve to win a football game. It's not going to happen. Travis comes um, in. I'm, I'm guessing that's Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Don't, none of them need to play. Well, Joe's, not, some, Joe's not going to play till week one, hopefully, if even that. So I'm going to throw some names at you then, Bill. Brock okay. Purdy. Should he play? Yeah. He's coming off an elbow no, injury. No, He's got to no. get the he reps had a, back. He had a really good – the one series that he was in last week was really good. I think he completed all but one of his passes. It was like okay. – he went like six for seven. Baker Mayfield. Yes. Daniel Jones. No. Uh, this, this is a guy. Who's sort no, of because Daniel Jones has already hit his ceiling. There's not going to. There's. Well, but what, that's what, what I, I love to transition to this because this is a very polarizing figure. And there's questions about whether or not he's going to be the starting quarterback a year from now. Dak Prescott. He's been terrible in, in practice. He's still, he's turning the ball all over the place in preseason camp. Should Dak Prescott get some reps here in the preseason? That's a legit question. I'm not trolling here. No, no. You don't think he no. plays? No. He's what is he a four-year quarterback? I don't even know. Who? Okay, we're looking at Tennessee. Who should get more reps, Malik Willis or Will Levis? It's a good question. Uh, I think you should split them down the middle. Yeah, I give think one place first half. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Travis thinks that Dak Prescott's hit his ceiling too. So, well, oh, uh, yeah, yes, they're you're seeing what you're getting out of Dak Prescott, but he's not a bad quarterback. Put some players around him, you could actually win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. Uh, did it. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of some of the other other quarterbacks because Trent quarterbacks Dilfer, really. Trent Dilfer did it, and he's nowhere near as good as Dak Prescott was. Is Kenny Pickett, yeah, put him on the field. Yes, uh, Eric, he's, not, he's still he's still developing. I think yes. If you're still developing a quarterback, then yeah, I think they need to be on the field. In, Aaron wants to know if sorry, go ahead. Aaron uh, wants to know if DeAndre Hopkins plays in Week One for the Tennessee Titans. Doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> the wide receivers go to die in Tennessee. We got a comment. We're gonna. Oh, so he wants to know if he plays in the last. I don't think he does. Austin comes back in. Is DeAndre hurt? I, I haven't read anything about DeAndre being hurt. No, they just they want to save him for the regular season because they're going to. Need oh yeah, then he plays. Does he play this week? No. The, the, yeah, they'll play. Yeah, it's DeAndre. A lot of people think DeAndre Hopkins is good. Can he beat a corner? Now I don't know. We'll see. So Austin comes in. Preseason is one hundred percent about extra revenue. Each team has cross team practices and camps. They were scrimmage. Uh, were, were they scrimmage? Uh, head coaches are letting assistant coaches be the head coach. That tells you how important these games are. I understand that, but I think the, the argument we're making. Yeah, I think we're agreeing with you. That guys like Rodgers, who's going to play, who hasn't played yet for the Jets, but other other incumbent starters like the Patrick Mahomes, the Joe Burrows, Ryan Tannehill's, um, the Dak Tannehill. Prescotts. There's no why in Tannehill. I'm going to call him Tannehill because I'm I'm from the South and that's what I do. Is Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. Nevertheless, I think we're we're in agreement that that some of these some some of these guys need to sit, but there there is value to some of them play. Some it's some obviously of them play. there's a lot of value to the guys that are trying to make a name. You say that it's it's about revenue, Austin, and I'm not, I don't disagree with that because you're putting butts in the seats and there's TV revenue for preseason games as well. But I think for some of the players that are maybe not in the third preseason game, but throughout the preseason, guys are still kind of on the border, you know, the borderline. If if somebody can blow up in the final preseason game, pick off two passes, he might win himself his ro- a roster spot. He might. It might not be, you know, if it's close. So I, I don't think it's all about just TV revenue and, and, and making a little bit of money, but I think these guys still, it's, it means a lot to them, even the score. I mean, if you were on a, a roster for the, last, the third preseason game, you get to score a touchdown or two. You tell your kids about that, man. That's pretty special. I was on a roster in the preseason. I scored an NFL touchdown. I think that's kind of a big deal. I, I think uh, it's fun to watch the players. I mean, years ago, week four of the preseason was the final dress rehearsal, and a lot of starters played. 
the actually, majority of a week four preseason game. Was that no last season we didn't have that was two years ago. So it was a week four. They always use week three as the as the dress rehearsal. The last week they were saving their butts. They were just because it was the, the last cut was had already had like was about to happen. They always use week three. So I'm always I'm surprised that like last week they used more as more of a dress rehearsal. And then you've got other teams. It's very odd. Like you had some teams like last week Tua played, right? It was his first game since he, you know, banged his head against Green Bay on Christmas. And you know, what a present to have Tua back on the field. No kidding. But uh he played. That was their sort of dress rehearsal for that team. Uh this week you've got Aaron Rodgers playing, so that's their dress rehearsal for the Jets. I find it odd how they're not, they're not mixing it up. It's not as specific as it used to be, where the third game was always the dress rehearsal and the fourth game you were just saving guys. It's different now. It's and this this extra week of rest so strange. What do we do? Yeah. Like, what do we do? You get all this momentum, they, like woo season, and then nothing. They get a bye week before the season even yeah. starts. Like, I think I know the answer to this, especially from a lot of the comments in the chat. But I'm I'm assuming that. You're saying the risk of injury does not outweigh the reward of creating some momentum heading into the regular season, especially with some of these these rookies and young players that it's need. So yeah, so I, th- I think that that pretty much answers the question. And I think Bryce Young needs to be on the team. If you want to go down to that, if, if rookie developing players, especially a quarterback that you don't want to get hit. Now, if he starts getting blasted, like if there if there's just too much pressure, get him off. Yeah, no you don't. Hit. But if yeah. you're getting protection. And he's making bad reads, or he's not executing properly. You know things. Like, keep him out there. But if 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 he's in danger, get him off the field. There's no reason it, to actually like put him in danger in a preseason. Is there? A, Aaron says Bryce Young is shorter than he is, no. and Aaron's like an inch taller than me, so that's not saying. He, he weighs less than the amount of food I ate for dinner. With the uh, that's not true. Having having said this, we we had quarterback battles really up until last week. Richardson was named the starter in Indianapolis. Baker Mayfield was named the starter in Tampa Bay. Um, there was there was one other one that was that was sort of oh it was Washington. They named uh, oh was it Sam Hart? Not Sam Hartman. He's the quarterback for Wake Forest. Uh, not Wake Forest. <laughs> Notre Dame. Who's it was the quarterback from North Carolina that's Howell, starting in, Sam in Washington? Howell. Sam Howell. Yeah. I think it was Sam Sam, Sam H. Sam Sam something. So so Sam Howell was named the starter in Washington. He looked good on Monday. Uh, real quick, we got a, we got another comment. I haven't read this. Um, goes under eyes for bags. Oh, oh, sweet, awesome! Oh my goodness, he he would love to go to bed with with Tom Brady. Uh, I have some wife, some guys that I know would probably be excited about that. Like, if you're watching the video, uh, you got to see that comment. Or if you're watching on Facebook, you get to read the comment. Um, so so this last thing we say we're gonna we're gonna transition into the the end of the show where we talk Homer's Corner. Um, but for guys who have lost the starting jobs, a la Gardner Minshew a la Kyle Trask, a la the backup in Washington, uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett. A la Trey Lance. Trey, Trey Lance. Oh, did you hear that Sam Darnold is now the backup? What? He got the that's, – that says all you need to know about the former oh. number three overall pick. They should fire that front office. John Lynch is dumber than a box of rocks. Like, get out of here with this guy. Except they, they lucked out with, yeah, Brock Purdy. with Brock Purdy. So, so let me ask you a question. If you're not starting starters, if Mayfield, Richardson – and Howell, do not play. And all of a sudden, these backups come out, and they just light up scoreboards in week three of the preseason. You think there's, you think there's, there's, no, there's still no quarterback controversy for those teams? No. Doesn't matter. Because you know what everybody else say? Oh, it was against the backups. It was against backups. It was preseason. Didn't count. Didn't matter. Nobody cared. Whatever. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you. Some really good talking. Coaches, there's way too much ego. There's way too much. You know, whoever, who's, who's the coach? I don't even know who the coach is in Indianapolis. Is it Frank Wright? No, Frank Reich's in Carolina. That's right. He's Carolina. Who's in Indianapolis I, right now? Does I anybody know? Exactly. We don't even know. That's how bad that team is. But he's chosen Anthony Richardson to be his quarterback. You think his ego is going to let him walk away from that two weeks later? No, no chance. In it. There's no way. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a serious question. Because we've we've gone on record to say that we think that the the front office will be gone in Indianapolis Chris for Pat, the next five years. Coming for you, buddy. Who is who will get fired first? The coaching staff in Houston or the coaching staff in Indianapolis? That's a good question. That's a good question. I think it really. I mean, Jeff Saturday didn't do terrible. Yes, he did. He was awful. Um, <laughs> he won. A, he won his first game and didn't win again. Uh, and he got he got canned, and he's like a legend up there. So, Ursay yeah. is kind of like um, Jerry Jones light. 
He's the he's this generation's Al Davis is what he is. Or or he's Jerry Jones. I mean Jerry. I like that. So Jerry Jones is the same way. Thinks he knows football and hasn't won a Super yeah. Bowl since nineteen ninety five. Uh, you're really good at football, there, rich man. Um, I'd say the same way. So I'm, I'm gonna go with Indy. So we we have had a lot of really good football talk tonight. Uh, some we, we again college football preseason or uh, week zero week NFL zero. preseason. NFL preseason week three. Next week, we're going to do a, a deep dive in some more fantasy football talk. Uh, we got a little bit more of the show left to do. We got Homer's Corner right around the corner, but let's first talk about our final sponsor and One Stop Repairs. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina, is your one stop shop for all your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles. One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the low country. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook by searching for One Stop Repairs. Call Zach for a quote today at 843-343-6310. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. Uh, if you are just joining us for the first time and we get to talk Homer's Corner, this is our fav- This is my favorite segment of the show. It's right. We get... We each get to talk about something that is near and dear to our hearts that we get to be homers about, and and just kind of kind of go off on a tangent. Um, apparently, there's a bait tonight. Thank you for joining us tonight, Aaron. It's been it's been a blast having you in the chat. Um, Aaron, we start off. We start off with with Banker Bill. Yeah. Uh, his home his homers. I really have was, anything, Ryan. I don't. I don't feel. Any, I don't feel good about anything that's going on with, with any of my teams. My college teams are disaster. They're not a disaster. They're recruiting well, but they're not going to. I'm surprised you didn't want to talk about the potential of Tyreek Hill being suspended. This is not happening. There's no potential. He slapped a guy in the back of the head. If they suspend him for that, I mean, it's like, what are we, play fighting? Is this the, the playground? These guys have to be perfect. I don't think so. They didn't, it's not like he had in a fight. He didn't use profanity. He just, like, smacked a guy in the back of the head for trying to steal his keys to his boat. Like, come on. Like, that, that's fair. Yeah. Ridiculous. If, if, if Roger Goodell wants to make a, an example out of that, I just don't understand what these players are supposed to be. They're not allowed to be human anymore. Let's not let that happen. Yeah, uh, I think Jonathan Taylor is pretty exciting. The story that's going on with Jonathan Taylor, and I think it was Rich Eisen. I think that I watched Rich Eisen today, but I did. Uh, he talked about the, the the crazy thing that's happening with Jonathan Taylor. That so Jonathan Taylor has now been allowed to seek trades on his own from other teams, and the he he has to find a trade partner, call the teams, and go. Are you interested in me playing for your team? And the team go, Yeah, you're a pretty good guy. Let's get you on the team. Who do I have to talk to? Talk to Colts management. And now Colts management wants to ask these teams for a first-round package, which if Jonathan Taylor was valued at a first-round package's value, they would have to pay him the money that they refused to pay him. But then they want the other teams to give up that amount for a player that they've already said isn't valuable enough to them. It makes zero sense. The Colts are a crappy franchise led by a crappy owner with crappy people and that's why they're going to burn with Anthony, Anthony Richardson. However, Jonathan Taylor would be really cool to see in Miami, brother. Let's make that happen. Let's get like a second and third round draft pick. Send it to Indianapolis. We'll bring on the – you know he ran a 4-3-9? You are so line. greedy, man. You've got like eight guy. running backs down I in, know. in I Send Mostert. I, I drafted Mostert. Send him to Indy. I don't care. I mean, it would be uh, – I like Mostert. Send Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. We'll get rid of him. I don't think they're going to let an A chain. I don't care if they send A chain. Like he just got drafted and everybody's really giddy about this guy. He's super fast. Send him to Indianapolis. He's got, except he did, he did bang up his shoulder in the last. He's uh, okay. They're hoping, hoping week one. That's good. I mean, he's going to, Jonathan Taylor. I I read a whole thing about, uh, I read a lot about football, Ryan, and I wish I memorized this part, but there was uh, one of the guys that has a lot of connections in the NFL started to contact NFL executives to find out what Jonathan Taylor was worth. Now remember the Indianapolis Colts have asked for a first round package for Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Not one of the NFL executives said he was worth a, a first round draft pick. Not all of them. And it was a, a minority of owners. And we're talking like he asked like 15 guys and not uh, fewer than 50% said that he was worth a second round draft pick. What's just, frustrating is that, Indianapolis and Jim Ursay specifically basically came out and took a giant dump on running backs, right? Like that's the yeah. reason why Taylor yeah, got, now, got now upset. They want a first rounder for him. Yeah. And so they want they want the value that that they don't want to give them. Right. Like it makes no sense. They're speaking so. out both sides of their mouth. 
So I, I hope that that kind of comes back to bite them. They don't get anything for him. Jonathan Taylor would probably decide not to play at this point and would tell them that. And then hopefully the cost goes down and he ends up in Miami. That's right. I think they gave him a deadline of Tuesday of next week. Tuesday, so, Tuesday is when the 53-man 53, 53 roster cut-down deadline is. He needs to find a trade partner by that 53-man roster cut-down so that the Colts know what they'll be getting in return so they can decide whether or not that person or however many people they would need to cut before they do cut somebody by accident. Yeah. Thinking he's going to be there. And then that person might get picked off. I'm, so the, Colts, uh, the Colts are holding the bag is what they're doing. Yeah. And they're kind of hosing Jonathan Taylor, to be honest. I'm rooting for Jonathan Taylor to get what he wants. Uh, I'm rooting for him to get out of Indianapolis because the Colts are trash. Uh, so I'm right there with you. Uh, my Homer's Corner segment has to do, what do you know, South Carolina. It was uh, announced earlier this week that Bill's favorite techno song, Sandstorm, uh, is going to be played live in Gamecock Village. How do you play a techno song live? You get a D, the DJ Jeru. You just out press there. play. You just press play. You never seen a DJ with the turntables and stuff like that. But they're like not really the, doing anything. They just like flip a switch and then they just stand there and go. You, like, I, really, I can do that. You sound like you, you're, you're making the comparison that DJs are no better than pro wrestlers. Uh, but Darude is coming in and he's going to play. Uh, uh, he's going to play an hour long concert in Gamecock Village uh, prior to the Kentucky game. On November 18th, and he'll serve as a celebrity starter. And if you're not aware what that means, is that before the game, he'll get there's always ever since about 2010, 2011. Oh, like the cock walk? No, they'll they'll have somebody come on the field and they'll start the game cock chant in this in this in the stadium. It used to just be chant? yeah, there used to just be uh the cheerleaders would get it started and the fans would do it, but now they get a celebrity starter because you can get former players, Clowney's done it before. I think Alshon's done it before. Gotcha. Uh Darius Rucker's come out and done it before. So he'll come out and he'll he'll get the student the 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 east side stand saying you know uh, game the other side will say Cox and it's this whole thing, um, and so Darude will serve as the celebrity starter on November 18th uh, for the Kentucky game. So I'm excited because Kentucky has always given us a hard time. We finally was able we were finally able to right. to get that elusive win over Kentucky, albeit without Will Levis last year. But we got to take what you mode can. in this room. That's sandstorm mode. Did you see that? And, Oh yeah, no, I, I was I was well aware, and uh, and yeah, so I'm excited that uh, that that sort of thing is what helps get get fans you know even more you know hyped up and more amped for the game. Uh, so we should have a ruckus crowd on November 18th for who, the Kentucky. Who do you play? In Columbia. It was it's Kentucky. It's Kentucky. Oh, it's oh, I'm sorry. So it's yeah. it's actually in Kentucky. Okay. No, I do it's no, it's it's Kentucky at South Carolina. I mean, in November. I'm sorry, 18th it's Kentucky, but that's November 18th happening yeah. in okay in Columbia. Who do, you, who do you play for your opener? North Carolina next Saturday in Charlotte. What time is that? It's a seven thirty kickoff, I believe. Seven. So it's a night game. It's a night game. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to that one? I have. Are Are you Plus, asking me? If, are you? Are no? I'm not going. I'm not going. It's okay. gonna be like ten thousand degrees uh, if it's like this weekend. Actually, Charlotte be might be a little. Cooler. Yeah, Charlotte cooler. might be cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind being there for the uh, Drake May Heisman kickoff season. That's He's not. I yeah. I would love to go go see, watch live. As his Heisman, Heisman hopeful disaster season, first week. You can take a loss down. first week, right? Take you can take a loss. Can you take a loss with four interceptions and a fumble in, wow. in the first week? Is that a prediction? It's like a Hayden Hurst style prediction. No, that's that's as as uh, as Paul Heyman would say. That's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. That's a that's a wrestling reference. That's foreshadow. A little foreshadow. Here. Uh, he only threw seven picks all that, all last season. So you're saying he's going to throw four in one game? Okay. South South Carolina led the SEC in takeaways last year. With Cam Smith, he's gone. We've got, we've got, we've got just, we got good defenders, man. Marcellus right. Dial. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that Exciting. next week on the Homer's Corner. The Darude, November 18th, doing a spin concert of some kind, spinning, spinning the wheels, man, spinning the, the turntables there in South Carolina. That's actually Bill, Bill would prefer a live, nobody a live knows gator. who Darude is. Like, you like, everybody knows Darude. who Darude is. South Carolina started. The fad of people playing Sandstorm in, in sporting events. Nobody plays Sandstorm. Sandstorm. Yes, they do. I, I got to edu- We got to educate you some more, Bill. Bill, we're we're up against it, man. This has been awesome. Really, really great football discussion. Yes. Um, I can't wait to do another wrestling crossover for for, for this evening. Uh, appreciate you being here, and appreciate appreciate all the research you did for the Heisman stuff, man. This was this was fantastic. Do we are, do we feel educated on the Heisman thing? Like, what are we gonna have? Who, who could win it? I feel I feel educated in the fact that 
yeah, the top five or one of those guys are probably going to win it. But at least I, I'm holding out hope that somebody, somebody down the list, maybe an 800 to one odd uh, guy can do it. So I'll go put a uh, hundred bucks and, and win 8,000. Yeah. I mean, that would, listen, that would pay off my, my air conditioning uh, bill from it's uh, yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and the, the scary part, it's all quarterbacks, man. There's no, like the first running back is like 20th, which is wild. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm i really excited that we're finally getting some real live football this weekend. I hope you all are excited for it, too. Uh, if if you have enjoyed the show, make sure you like and subscribe wherever it is that you're listening, be it uh, the YouTube channel, facebook.com slash touchdowns, Twitter at tapoutsandteenies. If you want to find the other episodes of the show, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. PJ Steven and I are talking wrestling every Monday night live. Uh, every Wednesday on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Network, you can find my show with Michael Davis, The Cat Cave, as part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, so plenty of content from, from your guy, Bully Rye, to give you. And I know that if, if you never get sick of my face, you'll get sick of my voice. So just make sure you come and listen to everything that I'm doing. But thanks, everybody who joined in for the live chat. Some newcomers tonight. Travis, uh, Austin came back tonight. Your Uncle Gary, Tara. Um, Uncle G. Gonna, uh, there's, uh, your, your dad was here for, for a little bit there. Uh, Michelle, everybody who came in on the chat, everybody who came and watched the show live with us. Uh, PJ Steven was here for a minute as well. Uh, so thank you all for joining us, and make sure you catch us live every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. For Banker Bill, it's your guy, Bully Rye. We'll see you next week right here on Tap House and Touchdowns.